All right, well, this morning we are continuing in our new teaching series, our teaching series for November, talking about gratitude, what we are thankful for, but really celebrating all of those things that we are grateful for as a church family, that we are grateful for each other in this community. And we're grateful for all the ways that God has continued to show up and work through us to impact the community and to change lives. Because even with all that we've been through this year, through all the building woes and the displacement and the uncertainties, God has still been here. God has still been at work among us and through us. And we give thanks. We give thanks to God and glorify God for that. So we kicked off this series uh, last week looking at Philippians 1, and these first 11 verses in this letter to Philippians is going to be what grounds us for the next couple of weeks, just kind of pulling apart pieces of this and focusing uh, ourselves there each week. And so we started in Philippians with these words, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy. So we took a look at this last week as we celebrated all saints. And that's a day in the life of the universal church where we acknowledge and give thanks for those who have gone before us in faith, who have sort of set the example of what it looks like to follow the way of Jesus in their own time and place, and we give thanks for how their example still informs us today. Paul addresses here to his letter, though, all of the saints in Philippi. Those are the ones living there in that church community, those living saints. And he says to them, I thank God every time I think of you. And we acknowledged last week these words from Dr. Amy Oden, the gospel is no lone ranger enterprise. It's a partnership for all the saints, the whole church. This partnership of the saints includes those living and those gone on to glory. This communion of saints that we just professed in the Apostles' Creed. And so we took an opportunity last week to pause and say, thank you, Lord. In all our remembrance of the saints in our lives, those that we have lost in the past year, those who have gone before us, those who sit alongside of us here. Thank you, Lord, for these, your servants. But Paul continues in verse 3. Well, in verse 4, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the rest of the passage for us now. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernments so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. 
I love this passage. I love Philippians for a lot of reasons. And as we noted last week, it's because it just takes on a different tone here. Paul sounds different to the Philippians. <laughs> it's, it's, a different, it's a different tone. It's not, uh, it, he's not addressing sort of any major issue in the community like he does in Corinthians or in Romans. And he's not just plain mad like he is to the letter to the Galatians. I mean, he doesn't even fully greet them in that letter. He just says, you foolish people. <laughs> and he's, he's straight mad in Galatians, and he doesn't, you know, sort of uh, sidestep any of those difficult words. But this letter has a different tone. This little book of joy is marked by thanksgiving and friendship and joy. And it reads like a thank you note to people, to friends that he knows really, really well. He says, I long for you with the affection of Christ. There's this compassion for them. There's a fondness and affection and a gratitude for them. And why? Why does he thank them? Well, verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He thanks them because of their partnership. And that's what I want to focus here on verse 5 here for a few minutes with you. What does he mean by this partnership. Well, in the Greek, that word partnership there is, is koinonia. Anyone heard that word before? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's that? Fellowship. fellowship. Yes. It's often translated as fellowship, as the gathered church community. Uh, sometimes Paul uses this word to think as sort of like a, a, a like shared uh, financial gift that he might thank a church for sponsoring him, so to speak, in his missionary journeys, this jointly contributed gift. The word actually appears 19 times in the Greek New Testament, and it's translated anywhere from fellowship to sharing to participation and also contribution. Kind of meaning this sense of community, communion, this, this joint participation in and sharing. And, and what I believe, and, and what it does mean more than, although Paul uses it often to thank people for their financial contribution, it means so much more than that. It really means this, this fellowship of a gathered body of believers, this joint participating in the body together. Paul thanks the church in Philippi for their koinonia, for their partnership, not just not just in money that they may have given to him in the past to sponsor his missionary journeys, but for the fellowship and the grace that he's experiencing right here, right now, as he writes this letter, thanking them for their partnership. Because here's what we know about Paul, and you might already know this as he writes the letter to the Philippians. While it's marked by so much joy and thanksgiving and friendship, Paul's actually writing this from prison. That's probably the most striking thing about this letter is that you might not even realize that unless you go back and read Acts 16 and 17 and, and you read about the story of the church in Philippi. You might not even realize that Paul's imprisoned because it's so much joy and so much, I can do all things through God who strengthens me, right? There's a context that we miss sometimes that he's writing this from prison. And this is not a prison that we might think of today where at least your basic needs are provided, there's shelter, there's food, there's water, there's clothing. Knowing a Roman prison um, is basically just sort of uh, maybe like in the basement of, of like a official's home. Like there's it's caves, cave regions over there. It might have just been in sort of like a cellar or a cave or kind of just like a, a pit. And you had to rely 
on the kindness of other people from the outside to bring you your basic provisions and needs, to, to bring you food. Like you were sort of on your own, and, and it's, very, it's likely uh, that, that Paul is incarcerated in Rome, and it's likely weeks before he is to be executed. So this letter, overflowing with gratitude, sort of takes on a different meaning. We have an older, more mature, seasoned Paul, not angry in Galatia Paul, <laughs> as he reflects back on his life and ministry and the people that have shared in his work with him. And he says, thank you. My dear friends, thank you. For the grace that we experience together, thank you. It was likely members of the churches that he had planted who, while he was in prison, would would visit him and bring him these provisions and then sort of carry back with them a letter to the people. Right, a letter maybe addressing these core uh, beliefs and understandings of Christ and the church or, or an issue that that church, you know, I imagine the people who brought him food were going, oh man, listen, what happened last week? You know, we're struggling, Paul. And so Paul writes a letter back and says, listen here. <laughs> listen here. But it, again, in, in Philippians, it's a little different. He, he carry, they carry a letter back, but this one, it's a thank you to his friends for their partnership, for their presence, their gifts, their service, and their witness, even right now to him as he's in chains. And in some cases, in some of these letters, he he names these folks who carry the letters. And most scholars believe that he does that in Philippians as well. At the end of the book, uh, in Philippians chapter 4, okay, that looks different to me now, but it's there, he names people. Eudodia and I treat Syndicate to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Many scholars believe here at the end of the letter, he's naming the people who've come to visit him, representing the community, and then carried this letter back. Can I say, just pause for a moment, how amazing it is that Paul names two women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, these early uh, leaders in our faith in the early church, and he recognizes and names them. Labored side by side, equal with Paul, you know, because we are all partakers together, and we'll get into that in just a minute. The sending of these gifts and provisions was necessary for Paul to survive as he awaits whatever decision the empire is going to make about him. And so he thanks them for this partnership. He says in verse 7, It's right for me to feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart. For you are all, you, that is, why is that hard? I do that every time. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Verse 7, right here, he uses kind of another word similar to partnership, partakers with me. Other translations would say, for sharing with me in grace. And he's not just talking about this sort of universal experience of people in the church that like grace has been poured out on all people, and yes, we've all received it as sinners, now saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Yes, we all, we all experience that grace together. But he's talking a little bit about a more active grace here, not just like passively receiving it, this gift, 
but this active sort of sharing in the work of spreading God's grace now. This amazing thing happens. He's saying when you partner together for the work of the gospel, that laboring side by side for the sake of the gospel, he's basically saying to them, you all have all, like, actually been a part of preaching the gospel and, and planting of those churches, all that Paul has accomplished And sometimes we look back and we kind of lift Paul up as higher, but he doesn't do that. Like, oh, wow, Paul was amazing. Look at all the things he did. No, usually he was traveling with somebody. He names Timothy with him here. And always he gives credit and gratitude and thanksgiving for the people that made not just his work possible, but he says, because you made it possible, you were a part of that work with me. You shared in that grace of the gospel with me as we preach the good news, as we planted churches, as we witness to Christ, because of your partnership, you did those things too. That's grace. That's the power of partnership in Jesus, participating in the work of God and the life of God through salvation together. Here at Revolution, we say that we share in the gospel together, that we share in the work of, of spreading the grace of God together because of our partnership, of how we offer together. We offer up our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness to supporting the mission of this church. And we say the mission of this church is joining Jesus in the revolution of transforming lives through teaching and serving. That has never changed. That's our mission. That's why we gather. That's what we're here for. And we join Jesus in that revolution by seeing heaven come to earth, the kingdom of God come by sharing in our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness together. So I want to pause just for a moment and offer you an update from one of our mission partners. One of our mission partners in the work that we have shared in together this year. I've got a short video for you uh, with an update from Go, and we're going to watch that now, if it'll play. Hey guys, my name is Juan and I work for Go Ministries. In 2014, our family, alongside of Revolution, came here to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip with Go Ministries. While we were there, we had no idea that our lives would just absolutely change. While we were here on our eight-day trip, God just really started working in our hearts and just kind of poking and prodding. And by the end of our trip, 
uh, we kind of were asking ourselves, what is next? And uh, several months down the road, uh, we made the decision to go into full-time ministry as a family. Left a job in banking, and Revolution has been there to support us since day one. Nine years later, we're able to look back at all of the great impact that we've done together. Uh, from planting churches and seeing medical patients and sports facilities and everything that goes on here in the Dominican Republic. As we go to the end of the year, I would encourage you guys to give generously. Give generously to Revolution and all of the great ministries and all of the great things that are going on in the city of Louisville through the church. Please, please, please give generously and impact both our city locally and the world globally. Many of you might know Juan, one of the mission partners that we support. He's one of our in-house missionaries that we say, that we sponsor every year. In addition to that, we also sponsor Rafael Torres, who's a pastor on the ground in the Dominican Republic, who's been planting a new church in Lamina that we got to visit in February when, when Mike and I and a few others were there. Because of your gifts to Revolution Church, you are sharing in the work that's happening in the Dominican Republic and spreading the gospel of grace and seeing lives transformed there. And we celebrate that this morning. I want to say thank you this morning. Thank you for giving generously of your financial gifts because when you do that, you partner together with Go Ministries, one of our mission partners. I asked Juan and uh, just, hey, how are things going with Rafael and Lamina? Like, what's going on there? And uh, he, he's moved now to that community where he's planting a church. Uh, and, and we got to see the building when we were there. I think I showed you pictures when we came back last spring. It's not much to look at. It's pretty much one room with uh, kind of a dusty floor and used to be just sort of a, a, a aluminum pavilion in the back. But, you know, now I, I've learned that he's partnered with a Haitian church in the community and they're sharing space together. This one tiny church, they've opened it up to the community and, and they're partnering with, yeah. Yep, 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 absolutely. So one island, Hispaniola, but two, two countries. And yet, so the fact, there's, there's a pretty deep divide there. And so the fact that they've partnered together and they're sharing space as a church, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so here they are uh, worshiping together and sharing space together. Juan tells me that a lot of their ministry right now is in serving the kids of the community, the children and youth, and doing uh, ministry with them, um, you know, with what they have. They're building, Go is building a basketball court in the community, uh, and we got to see the sort of the beginnings of that. It's not finished yet. They're hoping for funding, for sponsorship, for teams, for groups to come. They're hoping to finish that basketball court soon because then they'll be able to expand even more of the work that they can do with children and youth. This is a little blurry. You can kind of get a sense of, of how small this room is and yet how they have filled it with community and joy and sharing in the gospel together and praising God, praising God. And I celebrate with you all today that we are a part of that work as a mission partner church. 
And you know that we have a team of about 14 people going to the DR this summer. Uh, and, and we're going to be doing a lot of work in Lamina and having a, a mobile medical clinic and working with the kids there. And I hope getting to stand on a basketball court that if not complete, then we'll get to work on together. We're really excited. But you know, not all of us can go there. And I understand that. Not, there's only 14 of us, but that's a pretty good representation from this church. But you share in the work of that ministry as well by your prayers for Go and your prayers for our team, by your presence if you're able to serve, by your financial gifts as we give to the mission of our church that partners with Go. We are all a part of that work together because of our koinonia. And that's what I want you to hear this morning. We're not all called to preach, we're not all called to teach, we're not all called to travel across the world, but we're all called to be in ministry. And we're all called to be ministers of the gospel of grace, to be the revolution, to share God's love wherever we are. That's the power of koinonia. So there's other ways that we have shared in the work of the gospel this, this year, of course. Beyond just financial gifts and the things that we're able to sponsor and to partner with, We've shared in the work through our other mission partners as well and through the service that we're able to do. So far since August, we've gone down four times now to Grace Kids at Epworth UMC. Uh, Grace Kids was located in South Louisville, and now they're housed in Epworth, another example of the partnership and the connection and the koinonia at work. We've served four times between 20 to 30 kids that come for dinner and activities and a safe space to be on a Friday night. And we'll do it two more times before the end of the year. Something to celebrate is that we were a part of their trunk or treat. And when we were afraid, maybe you've already heard this update, when, when Pastor Corey was afraid that he was hoping for 50 trunks, and a week before he only had 35, and so he made an all call, and he had a total of like 85 trunks that showed up in the parking lot for these kids and for the ministries at Epworth when they'd never been able to do that before. And we got to share in the witness of 85 trunks loving on these kids. I love that picture. You can kind of see the full parking lot there. And, of course, our own birthday princess was there because it was her birthday. There's Eleanor's trunk for her third birthday. We've shared and partnered in the gospel of grace by sending, I wish we could have counted the number of pounds of supplies and food uh, that we have sent. Maybe you know, because the airsmans have had to lift it every month, that you take these deliveries to jam a lot, she says, a lot. Hundreds of pounds of supplies and food have been delivered to J-Town Area Ministries to partner with them. They function not just as a local food bank or food pantry, but in helping folks in, the, in those certain zip codes with utilities or rent or other things like that that might be in need. And another mission partner that we, that we claim is Homeless Louisville. And the hundreds of people that have been served this year because of your all's generosity and your service, of your presence, of your showing up with a group of leaders that goes out most Saturday mornings to serve the homeless in our community. Because of your prayers, your presence, your financial gifts, your service, and your witness to Christ, we have seen an impact in our community because of our koinonia, because of our sharing in this grace together. 
not just what we have received, but sharing in the work of God in the world who is still transforming lives. And we celebrate that today. I celebrate the goodness and the provision of God. I celebrate your all's generosity. And we say thank you. In all our remembrance of these things, thank you for being partakers in grace together for the kingdom. Do you guys know where I'm going with this next, right? Right? Because you probably got some mail from me this past week. Did you get it? Yeah. Tis the season. Where are we going, Mike? (laughs) Tis the season. You should have gotten a stewardship packet from me this week. Because we are planning ahead for the new year and making plans and getting excited of the ways that we can continue to be the revolution together. And we need you as part of our koinonia, as part of our partakers in grace together. And so you should have gotten one of these commitment cards. And if you didn't, it's because I don't have your address and you can see me in the back after church. (laughs) I have a couple more envelopes up here, actually. And so I ask you to take a look at this and to prayerfully consider, to look over it, of how you might support the mission of this church in the new year for your prayers, your presence, your service, your gifts, and your witness. To prayerfully consider how you might give of yourself to join in this koinonia so that we can be the revolution together. We call it sort of Revolution 365, funding the mission of the church for the next year. And even in this crossroads where we are, even in this time, we can do so much more as we partner together that we are better together, that we are stronger together, because that's the power of koinonia in Christ. And so again, we just, we're going to do this throughout November, um, asking that you kind of take a look and offer it as your gift on November 26th of the ways that you can partner with us this year. Um, And come and talk to me if you have any questions. And again, there's a small stack in the back um, if you didn't get one of these cards or would like to just um, leave it today. When you give to this church, you give to so much more than sometimes what we can see and what we can quantify. Because God and the Spirit are at work in ways that's hard to see. But I give thanks to God for you and your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And that together we can impact lives through Go Ministries and through Jam and through Grace Kids and through Homeless Louisville and through countless other ways that I know you all serve and give of your time. We have people right now on an REC leading in prison, offering of their time and their gifts to be the revolution. And so I know it's even more than what we can capture here in these four mission partners And we celebrate that this morning and give all the glory to God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for who you are and for the ways that you are at work among us, for the ways that you continue to to call us and equip us and empower us to join with you in your work of grace. God, sometimes it's hard to see the impact. Sometimes it's hard hard to see uh, in this ever-changing ever difficult world that we live in. It's hard to see the good at times. So God, I ask that you would continue to give us hearts and ears and eyes to see the kingdom that is here and that is growing. And 
I ask that you would give us hearts and ears and eyes to see ways that we can continue to partner with you to be the revolution and to be about that work of transforming lives and making disciples because we know it is in that place that we can also transform the world and see your kingdom come. So God, I ask that you continue to be with us, that you continue to lead and guide us. And give us eyes to see you and eyes to hear you when you call. We thank you, Lord, and we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.